Welcome to the Fatty Z Muskie Podcast. I'm Andy, joined along with Vance in the front of the Ranger. We have Todd Young on speakerphone. Hello. There he is. He's there. And uh, we don't have the buzzing sound this time. Mm-mm. No, we don't. No, that got screwed up last time, I think, with just the, Might have been the merging of calls. Merging of calls. Yeah. So anyway, so no buzzing sound. If you guys noticed that last week, I apologize. Um... This episode brought to you by Fatty Z Muskie Products. FattyZMuskie.com, Fatty Z Muskie Products on Facebook and Instagram, and I have been better at posting. I think I'm two weeks in a row now yeah. from a two-month break of just sitting there saying, what do I want to post? <laughs> I had stuff to post. I don't know why I didn't. But um, We also have Todd Young, Muddy Creek Fishing yeah. Guides. Muddy Creek Fishing Guides, mcfishandguides.com. That's the website. Uh, you know, check us out. We do some local fishing here in Western PA. We also do once you talk the season or out rolls around. We fish up there all summer. And things are booking up. We're getting, getting a lot of calls. You know, June, June, July, September. There's very limited dates available. However, we have Vance Boomer Kalos Kloss. K-Loss. Yeah, K-Loss. Yeah, K-Loss. He's, uh, he's going to be taking some of the overflow for us, and uh, you're not going to be missing out going with Vance riding in that bloom craft. Uh, Are they going to want to ride in the well, bloom they, be- they better not listen to the previous <laughs> broadcast if that's the case. <laughs> They'll be like, is, there, is Todd on the water for a pack up boat? <laughs> no. Ex- extra life, no. ex- extra life vests. <laughs> I will tow you guys around, and uh, <laughs> we control. We, we can, can take control. gas that way. I will troll rods. We'll tow the little craft. You can <laughs> put a planer board to the to the tow line, yeah. and then you guys can go double width. We really can. I caught a I caught a fish one time in Canada. We were fishing this lake. There was it was a small lake. There was like no no one on this lake for. We, we went there for four days. We had to find this gravel launch we launched, but we found a little cottage to stay. And we heard there was muskies in there, so we were going to try it out. I mean, long story short, first day we went out, we were like, okay, let's just, you know, we went out to find a weed is. We started, first day we ever fished this lake, we boated 13 muskies, my friend and I. So we're like all excited. None of them were very big, but, you know, we're all excited. We're doing this. There's one boat on the lake, and this guy's in one of those little weed, like, speed boats with this huge motor. And he would just buzz all around this lake. The lake was probably a couple thousand acres, not very big, but only other person we saw the guy happens to be buzzing by us. He breaks down right near us, you know, and he starts flagging us down. Meanwhile, the whole time we're like, you know, we're up in this place, and this one idiot is out here going <laughs> 90 miles an hour, like you know, skiing and stuff. He he flags us over. We we go over. We 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 hook up to him. Now he he says my camp's over there, and it's right down. It's like a three mile shoreline, you know, maybe two miles jaunt, but it's. It's right on the weed edge, so we start towing them. You can only tell me you went the long way. <laughs> What's that? Tell me you went the long way. You're like, okay, it's three so miles told, that I way. The weed edge. I'm like, I'm not going to just cut out across the lake. I mean, it's just a little loop in here. All we got to do is cut in towards the bay. <laughs> and uh, I would have went the wrong way and just said, yeah, we got 20 miles to get to your place. We're going this way. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 as we're towing, I look at my buddy and I'm like, oh, what the heck, you know. I, I let the lure out, so I let the lure out right to the front of his boat and engage it, and I stick it in the rod hole. <laughs> we're trolling, we're, we're trolling, and the, sure enough, line starts. It starts going out, so the fish takes the drag. The fish jumps. 
almost lands in the front of their boat. Oh my! And they got these kids in there, and that you know the kids are all like, "Oh my god! Oh my god!" You know, <laughs> and uh, you know we, I, I, I let go of the rope. I said, "We'll, we'll come back and get you one second. Let's get this fish." You know, <laughs> so, so we caught the fish. Went back. We towed them back, and they're like, you know, we've lived on this lake all these years. I, I never saw a fish. What? I never saw a fish that big. Meanwhile, it was like a thirty-six inch muskie. You know. I can't believe it, you know. And like I said, we had just caught 13, like, the day before. And uh, we take them back, drop them off, and, and they go in. And the two kids that were in the boat, they're in it. We, we troll past their cottage, and they're sitting there in a canoe, and they have, like, their collars on. And they're, like, throwing these baits all over. <laughs> they are going to catch that fish. I mean, there's someone that lives in Canada, you know, that, that, that happens. These people are like, God, fish was huge. I didn't know there was fish like that in this lake. And, oh, it's funny. You gotta you gotta slow down to catch the fish. You can't be doing ninety the entire time. Yeah, anyhow, so we started with a little story. But <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you guys around if Mance has boat problems. We'll yeah. be good. Make a uh, great spread. Yeah, yeah, yeah. St. Croix rods, hit them up. If you're looking for rods, good price for a very quality rod. Can't go wrong. Uh, yeah, and uh, we'll do a team rhino plug. The baits were shipped last week. Uh, he should be getting them hopefully in the next week or so. If you're uh, liking Team Rhino Outdoors on Facebook, you'll probably see that. Also, he's on Instagram. So, his own colors, exclusive. Exclusive colors. That's they're right. They're custom. They're exclusive. Yeah, you cannot say that the C word around it. <laughs> I'm going to tell you. I he put he installed he installed a heavy bag here in the pole barn for every time we drop the C word he turns around and gives it a big right hook. No, no, I have a sweatshirt here that I balled up. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and Andy has a dental appointment after last. <laughs> man, 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 man. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this uh, this episode we're going to talk a little bit about prepping for the season now. Some people haven't stopped fishing. Some people haven't started fishing. But more or less, I'm just gonna we're gonna do a basic rundown of you know just about every aspect we get to talk about. So that's whatever I left that open. Now that we're not constrained by time now. Yeah, um, it's close. I'm getting it's, excited. Yeah, your boat's been on the water a lot. It has, and for for different reasons. I. I I feel like I'm the laughing stock here tonight, but you know, Andy's been laughing stock. <laughs> your boat's at least on the well, water. Yeah, before I mean, the and... podcast, man, tell them what I'm doing right now. Andy's waxing his boat. He's been doing it for maybe the past month. He's put about enough wax on here, good for ten years. Well, I'm also using a one-step compound aggressive cleaner plus polish. I'm probably getting through the gel coat by now. <laughs> that thing is going to sit so high on the water. It's like you're just your motor will be in the water yeah the gunnels yeah the, the gunnels have grown past the uh the track well see everyone who, who bashes me there's one person in particular who i don't think listens calls it a bass boat i need this thing to sit higher <laughs> he, calls it a bass boat. he does call it a bass boat a glorified bass boat he does but he also doesn't own a boat so i take he doesn't little, have a boat yeah i take mm. little little stock in what he says oh my so Anyways, now I got nice, shiny, smooth stuff I can rest my forearms on. There you go. But see, Vance is having a hard time looking my way because it's so shiny. It, I really am. So I guess that's. He, he slipped when he was trying to get in, didn't he? I when did, he yeah. The side. I felt, oh, yeah. But, but the boat is. 
It's getting ready to to get out. It's a lot cleaner right now. You know, there's, there's less clutter in it. In other words, there's less clutter in it. The deer's the deer are out. They're on the lawnmower. <laughs> They're on the lawnmower. I hope it hits the water, and I hope its first toe is not to the other pole barn. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that'd be awful. <laughs> that would be that would be awful because if if you know, I haven't talked a lot about it, but the the AZ headquarters will be moving probably this fall to the new homestead. The pole barn's built, but it's not anywhere near done yet. But I don't see anything that's going to take its place in here until I have to change where I sleep. <laughs> Unless I'm just like, yeah, this is where I'm living, and I get boxes of moving stuff. Uh, but, so uh, what do you what do you do to get to get ready? What do you, what what well, what's casual fisherman? Casual fisherman. Well, let's let's hit boats first. Yeah, you got this. You got this nice rig here. What are you, What are you doing to get no, ready? You left out one nice old. Rig. Nice old rig here. Nice old bass boat. Yeah, they got multi species. Multi species. Okay, um, I don't know. Generally, I guess prepping for the season, I guess, would pretty much begin when you put the boat away. I mean, I I always run some kind of fuel stabilizer in my boat because who knows? I might have gas from twenty thirteen in this thing still. <laughs> I might have filled this thing up in Kentucky and still have some of that when oh, we were doing man. the PMT. There's still fragments of that gas in there, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, but I always, it doesn't matter what, when I fill up, I'm always dumping probably a gallon worth of a cocktail of stable ethanol treatment, sea foam, something like that, because, mm. you know, I don't have new stuff and I need my stuff to work when I go fishing. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, me mechanics are saying that that is very important nowadays with all this eth ethanol. Whether you're putting the Startron uh, enzyme, you know, you want to put that treatment in all the time. And I, I run it all the time. Uh, now, I did blow a loader this year, but, you know, my sister set some, some hours. They're 2002s. I, I, I can't say anything bad about them, but I've, I've been using that stuff regularly with every fill-up. Right now, yeah, I want to I want to hit on the blown motors. Just for those yep. who didn't listen to that podcast, how many hours would you predict you put on that motor in a year? The big motor, it, the, the big one. You know, I can't I can't even I have a hard time even taking a guess at that. It only has over five thousand hours on it. My my, my his kicker has five thousand hours, and, and, and I've been saying that for a couple of years, and you know. <laughs> Already this year, we did some trolling days where, you know, I fired it up and it ran for eight hours straight. You know, when you start doing that, you can add up some hours. Mm -hmm. or, or, you know, when we would go to Lake St. Clair for a seven-day trip and troll 12 hours a day, you can figure that in your head. And, you know, you do that for eight, ten years in a row, plus going other places, plus some other trips. You know, it has a lot of, you know, they have hours. The big one... I don't know how many hours it had. On I mean, there were some uh, days that I, I knew that you were trolling all day with that. Mm -hmm. I, I troll. I used to troll a lot with it. I mean, I still, you know, I still, uh, you know, when I would go to Canada, there's lots of times I troll with that bigger motor, with the big motor, because it just handles so much better. And what uh, what else? It has a lot of hours on it too. What else did you find with the bigger motor? I, I I'm hitting you cold at this because I remember you. I mean, you haven't talked a whole lot about it to me, but I, I remember I you saying something. Bigger motor versus kicker motor, what catches more fish? Oh, yeah, we call it the big fish motor. 
Why, okay, explain that. So I, I tried to leave. I in. just, I mean, over, <laughs> man, you know, I would be, you know, I, I would be casting somewhere, we run somewhere, and I troll for a little bit with the big motor, you know, and you know, we would get a fish or something or a big, you know, nice big fish, and you know, I would shut down and say, okay, let's troll a little bit, run a little one, nothing. We just walk the times. I mean, it just seems like, you know, that that rumble, that big motor, and you know, trolling short lines like we do a lot of the time. Uh, yeah, I just always, I, I feel like we get more fish when I'm trolling with that big motor. <laughs> I really do. You know, you know, the little ones wound up pretty heavy on mine. You know, you get a little tent horse and you get some wind and you're trying to go five miles an hour. Uh, that thing's really winding up. It's making a lot of noise. The big one's actually quieter. Uh, and it's, even though it's a two-stroke, it's, you know, it's still quieter. It just does the pop, pop, pop. You know that nice grumble, and uh, I still like the smell of the oil. <laughs> it reminds me of fishing. Yeah, yeah. You don't get that anymore with the four strokes. Oh, oh, the two-stroke oil versus what the hydraulic oil leak? Yeah, oh yeah, my small God. Oil, but yeah. yeah. Wait, that but I mean, you don't do. They're, 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 you know, the old <laughs> that two-stroke man. You just not that. You don't smell that that often anymore. But they're, you know. They're, they are really phasing out. They're they're really getting out of the mix. <laughs> so what do they got now? They got from Mercury runs that Pro Kicker, right? I mean, is that is that that's a little four stroke, right? It's a little four stroke, but I think it comes with you know maybe a. It might be a different gearbox, but it, it has the hydraulic. You yeah. Know, the yeah, these are like even the Mercury big motors, like that Pro X takes oil, but they're not the same as those older ones. Oh yeah, because it, it's it's a direct you can't, you, I mean, you don't smell it, you know, mm. when you fire it up. Highly computerized uh, in, injection mm. system using you know compressors. Probably have, using way less oil than what I'm using in my old 2002. You know, probably yeah. probably. Yeah. Per but. per gallon of gas, I'm probably using more than you because <laughs> I want to make sure mine's extra slippery in there, so I. Go a little bit heavier than fifty to one mix. I I, I don't just smoke more. Well, <clears throat> with with your auto inject and, and your two stroke, you might be like two hundred to one at idle, and as you mm -hmm. increase the mm -hmm. speed, it changes the ratio to up to like fifty to one or whatever it might be. It might be forty to one. It might be sixty to one. Whatever mercury. Yeah. Is. Okay. And, and but yeah, that's the, the, it changes that so you're not fouling plugs as much. Mm -hmm. I don't, which I've never done. I've never really. I put new plugs in it every year, but I've never. I mean, that that's you know going back to what we were originally going to talk about. You know, I, I I'm no I'm no mechanic, but you know I got away with it for a long time by, you know, all, you know checking the lower unit, uh, drain that out real easy. I got a little thing that pumps it in the bottom, and I check that, change the plugs. You know, every once in a while, uh, you know I do that annually and. Uh, that's important. That's you know that lower unit. Something you probably want to do in the fall. However, my my boat goes in. You know, I keep my garage heated, so I don't really have to worry about it. But that's you know that that's something the winter maintenance. I think that's probably. I mean, to me, that's the biggest winter maintenance you want to check to make sure there was no uh, amount of water got into lower into your lower unit because you put it out in storage or out in some fairground uh, or you know a pole barn that's not heated and there's water in there. I know lots of people that have ruined the lower end of their motors mm -hmm. uh, because it was water in there. 
Yeah, you know, I, I'm I'm obviously because I heat my pole barn. I I personally, and, and this kind of goes against what conventional wisdom says. I want that oil to settle out, that water and the oil to settle out if I have any in my gear case. Now my mm-hmm. big mo my big motor usually doesn't have anything, usually. But mm-hmm. I haven't done it yet this year, and I might not because I didn't run it that much. Mm. Now my mm-hmm. my kicker tends to have a little bit more. But one thing, you know, if, if I leave, if I pull the boat in, and granted this stays heated, I'm not I'm not saying everyone should do this, but this is what I do. I will let you know. You see my motor; it hasn't changed position over there, Vance. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's straight down. up and down. Yep. When it comes time that I'm going to change the lower unit fluid on that, I want that water and oil separate because when you're running it it's going to mix up it's going to be a milky mm-hmm. color mm-hmm. when you pour out milky oil you're going to start freaking out mm-hmm. you're like oh my gosh all this well wait give it a couple months you're still not going to be pulling the boat out in january february most of the time mm-hmm. i will then open that up and the first stuff that comes out is water mm-hmm. and you will yeah. see exactly how much water was in there mm-hmm. you know sometimes it takes a tablespoon to make that oil look like you have no oil. It's all milk. Yeah. So th- there is a little bit of an advantage if you have the ability to keep your boat above freezing to do that. Let the oil and water separate and see how much is in there. Then you could be like, well, I, you know, if I was like Todd, I put 500 hours on this motor and I picked up a tablespoon, teaspoon. Water. Yeah, or if it like all comes out water, then you know you got a major problem. So, what do you do at that point? You change the seal or something? You're going to have to get the seal, yeah. And I mean, and it, it could be, you know, the seals at the prop shaft or the, the seals at, like, the uh, drive shaft coming down. You know, the, still, it's it's a me- It's not terribly hard, but it's a mess. You don't, it's something you don't want to do. Mm. No. Um, but, you know, you, you, you need to do it, obviously. But, you know, letting that... Letting that stuff separate will give you an idea how much really came in. Then you can just gauge mm. on whether, because yeah, because if you see it all milky, you're just going to be like, oh my god, there's a major issue here, right? And uh, like I said, it's not for everybody, but I do that. But I, I'll look at it. I'm like, okay, dribble, 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 oil. I'm like, okay, I am not going to invest. And this is what I do. My kicker leaks a little bit, mm. and if it comes out, you know, under a tablespoon, I'm going to say, well, for the hours I run it. It's not worth it for me to put money into it. Mm-hmm. It's going to get me home mm-hmm. if I need it to. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, eventually that might bite me in the butt one day. But what the heck? I still got the min code up front. Mm-hmm. But Yeah. I, I had it. I had my, my last boat, my Silva. I had a Mariner kicker in the one year. I, I went to do that. And, there, you know, I thought there was... As you're saying, you know, you know, you know, I don't even know how much those lower units hold. It's not a whole bunch of oil, really, in those small motors. But I had water in there; it was all freaked out, and, and uh, you know, I, I took the I took the uh, I took the prop off, and I picked up fishing line somewhere along the line. There was mono line wrapped all around in there. Got it all out of there, and, and uh, you know, it, it, it had the seal like pried up. Yeah, it had something bound up, and it would, once I got all that line out of there, I didn't even replace the seal because, like you said, now it's fishing season. I'm going to keep my eye on it. I, I, I never had to do anything with it. It's just that, that you know, that, that fishing line was bound up in there because I, I never even, I don't even want to pick that up that season. But, 
you know, it was very simple to, like I said, I'm no mechanic, but those are a couple of simple things that, that you want to take care of. You know, check that lower unit and see to replace a, you know, do an oil change or, or, you know, change the plug. I know some people don't even like to do that. You know, they're, they're like, nope, don't do it. Take it somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that's fine. It costs a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and you already yeah, hit on it. You, you hit on one thing I was going to say is generally I will take my props off and check mm-hmm. for fishing line mm-hmm. because yeah. you know, I, I don't need to explain. Todd Todd hit it all. It's, it, it's, yeah. it's one nut, take it off, pull the prop off. Plus it's good because I have at work, where I work, I've you know I get a couple boats up there a year. We need to do something to them, you know, anything, you know, fix trailers, fix gunnels. Uh, <clears throat> the one guy brought up, a boat that had a prop stuck on it. The, the, the motor had the prop froze on oh, the prop no. shaft. <clears throat> he couldn't get it off. And, like, they hit something and it was all bent and mm. he didn't know what to do. And I actually had to take take a grinder with a cutoff wheel and surgically cut the prop into pieces. Wow. Get in oh, there and geez. slice it without trying to hit the prop shaft. Was it stainless? No, it was no. an aluminum one. Oh. But, I mean, it was... It's those guys that keep to, their I've, motor down yeah. in the water... As soon as they put the boat in, and it never comes up once all year, mm-hmm. and it had like barnacles all over everything, and mm-hmm. like, yeah, yeah, I'm like, hey, clean this thing up, get a new prop, yeah. and but yeah, take the prop off once a year, make sure that's nice. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if it feels like it's sticking, take and clean it, mm-hmm. put a little wipe of grease, put it back on. Mm-hmm. That that's that's easy. <clears throat> How about when my uh, my uh, power drive? Had that little be little thing of weeds on it. Yeah, it looked like. Yeah, it was just a little I ring mean, of weeds. Yeah, I mean maybe like dime size. I took it in for because it it stopped working on me. I think we talked about that. We talked about that, but bring it up again. Yeah, and take uh, the prop off your trolling motor. Here's why. <laughs> yeah. There was you, <laughs> if you get the, the the most subtle little weed in there, it's going to shut your whole system down. That prop going to stop. <laughs> well, uh, we're going to talk about this some more because. I don't think that was it. I have a feeling the guy put it together wrong, and he just used it as an excuse. He might just have a whole whole bunch of them rings sitting in the back shop oh, I and was... just put it on there and say, look what I found. Yeah, but I mean, basically what happened was my trolling motor stopped working. The, the prop stopped, stopped spinning on it. It would respond, move left and right and whatnot. And, uh, yeah, the prop stopped working. And I think it was like the second time and whatever. You had it repaired. Then you, the second time that you quit working, you took it back to them, yeah. and and that was the culprit. Was essentially, I, I can't even. It's unmeasurable the yeah. weight. It was so light. And he suggested that every time I was done fishing in the day, I took that prop off and cleaned it. Every oh my gosh. time on a damn weedless prop. Yeah. This you know, is. I was like, oh, this is the people. Yeah, yeah. What are you? T- I was like that. That's insane. Should be just, more like me and just bang it off the stumps, and then yeah, and then it shakes it all free. I, th- I think we talked about that. We ran into stuff, cut stuff up, cut a whole tree down underneath in this, you know, little creek. Man, it's stopping in the middle of the day. Like I got to take this prop off. I, I think pro- I, I think I kicked a weed a minute ago. Did you, oh, those, those weeds, <laughs> those weeds are coming up through the ground. Yeah. <laughs> up and over stumps, banging the top of the motor, bottom of the motor. You hear, like, oh, it's okay. It's fine. You, you hear the, the, the <laughs> hull and the frame of the, the Tarova and the 
Just the composite shaft just bending because oh, I, yeah. I hit a log at three miles an hour yeah. full speed. I'm like, oh man, that has to be broke. And and Andy's just calm, cool, and collected. He's he's just like, what? Just start like, casting. Dude, There's fish here. You just, <laughs> you just destroyed your you know your fifteen hundred dollar trolling motor. He's like, no, it's fine. Thing works I have picked like a up a knot. Now fishing line, I have picked up many times on that uh, on that bomb up, and that and that's. You know, it, it, it that one's really easy to take off. I've done that lots of times on the boat. Actually, I got the new, you know, with that, with this, uh, you know, remote I'm using. I tell people, I don't think we've ever talked about this, but you know, I'll tell guys, you know, a lot of people don't even realize it's running, but you know, the wind's blowing a certain way, and I might have it on two speed. And I'm sitting there running it off my little key fog thing, and I'll say, you know, you know, when you bring, I always try to turn it like off when I see the guys bringing the lure up towards the boat. But sometimes the wind's blowing hard enough that I have to keep it on constant. And I tell them, you know, keep the war off to the side. I mean, that motor is, is running. You may not know it, but that motor's running. And uh, I don't know, probably maybe three or four times this year. One one in particular was a good one. This guy just caught caught a fish. He caught another fish. It was a good day getting all these tips. And uh, I'm in the back of the boat, and I'm running the motor. And he's fishing. His dad's fishing with Lindy. as all hell. And uh, all of a sudden, I see him up front, and I eat. He reaves up, sets the hook, rod is bent over, and it's just... <laughs> He's like, it's a big one, I got a big one this time. And I'm like, yeah, and I hit the button, and as soon as I hit the button, it just, everything stopped. And I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> You're on the... Wait yeah. a second. You, well, you, you should have said, is he still on there? I don't know, and then yeah. you hit it full throttle. I can't even move him now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was wrapped around there like... 2,500 times. Yeah. Like in it spooled you. 30 seconds. <clears throat> Those but, motor know, guides are silent. I'm not, I'm not, I mean, no I'm watching, question. but all I see him creep up and set the hook and the line is just flat. He's like, it's a big one. And I'm like, oh, yes. And the, oh, as soon as I hit the button, he was like, oh, <laughs> oh dang it. Got off. <laughs> yeah. Unravel. Just take, it, take a knife right now Got and off. cut that line. <laughs> Yeah, I've taken that prop off on the water before. I mean, it's a lot easier. The, the only thing you have to worry about is dropping a piece in the damn water. Oh, that's, gosh, that's yeah, what don't sucks. Well, there's a little that. pin in there that drives it. So, yeah, you lose that pin, you're not you're going screwed. anywhere. Yeah, you're, you're, you're screwed. Yeah. Unless you got some bubble gum and a multi-tool. <laughs> never mind me. I always have a spare prop. I always had it on all the other ones. Since I bought this new one, I didn't get a new spare prop. The new spare prop comes with a pin and all that. Mm. And uh, I need to get one for this motor. I never had to use it, but... Now that I don't have one, this is when I probably would. Because <laughs> they don't run good on the blade. We had a little trolling motor. I only like one time to hit a log. and uh, Yeah. If you break one of those pins on one of those trolling motors, it, they don't work well. It, no, it's very shaky. <laughs> yeah. So what, you <laughs> hit a log? Vibration was <clears throat> you hit one log and it broke. We broke. Now, this was a long time ago. This was with... Uh, this was with uh, Paul, Paul Feck, and we were in a in his in, in a his little Lumacraft, and uh, yeah, we went out. We were fishing. It, it just busted one of the fins off. I can't even remember. I mean, you're talking. It was probably a little, you know, thirty six pound thrust. That's all we had was a little boat and a little troll. It broke the one fin, and we, we went in with the nine nine. Yeah, yeah. We 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 we, we uh, it does. It just doesn't run. <laughs> Hmm. With one blade. <clears throat> lower unit. is insane. <laughs> yeah. So you do the lower unit oil, spark plugs. 
and just do a visual. I mean, it doesn't yeah. it doesn't take much. Look at your fuel lines. Mm. Um, <clears throat> if you have a fuel filter, you know, maybe think of changing it. Uh, you know, a fuel water separator. You know, I haven't done that on mine. I also haven't really put many gallons through it. But, <laughs> you know, there's a chance I might do that this year. If you have a four-stroke, probably change the motor oil. Um, that's also one of those things that I... As I get older, not that I'm old, if I'll look at how much I've actually put time on that engine, mm-hmm. and you know, I guess this is kind of going, <clears throat> kind of going back to like when I was riding street bikes. There was summers that I was putting a ton of miles on with my street bike, and then there were some years that I wasn't. You know, like maybe a couple hundred miles mm-hmm. all year, and everyone's like, "You still change that oil every year?" I said, "No, I have like three hundred miles on this." Mm. You know, if I, if I start riding it hard again, and, you know, it starts to get to, well, is it safe to change oil? Yeah, it's safe to change the oil every single time you drive it. Mm-hmm. That's the safest way. Actually, the safest way is just to have an IV drip of oil going in <laughs> and a siphon yeah. of oil coming out. So it's practically new every single second. But, you know, I guess my argument is this, and there's probably people out there that say I'm wrong. That oil is already millions of years old. What's a couple more months or a couple hundred more miles? It's not like I'm taking it, you know, 20,000 miles on an oil change. Mm. So if you haven't run your four-stroke all that much, I probably wouldn't change it just because the book says to. Now, if it's under warranty yeah. and, and they can somehow check that, go by the book. But if you've had your boat for a while and you're like, well, I took it out on three trips last year. I probably put 15 hours on it. You probably don't have to change the oil, but check it, run it, and then check it again. If it seems fine, just... That, I did it with my Merc Cruiser on my big Crestliner. There were like two years I never changed the oil on it because I'm like, why? Mm-hmm. It's a major mm-hmm. pain in the butt to suck it out, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm sucking out golden oil to put golden oil back in. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, your car wouldn't tell you to change the oil if you didn't put any miles on it. Yeah. yeah. And as you said, if it's just sitting in there, well, I mean... Yeah, the biggest thing would be if there was a ton of condensation, mm-hmm. and, and you know, mm-hmm. but it would, like kind of what we talked about with Vance's motor a couple of weeks back, the making of oil, you run it hard, like I, I saw it somewhere, uh, a write-up when I was doing some research on Vance's engine, was that, that the amount of condensation that might be to the walls of your, you know, your crankcase, is it enough to cloud up the, the oil? It could be, but they say if you drive your boat to where you can get on plane for any length of time... You're running it hard enough to get the oil hot enough for it to, to, to flash off. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So more or less, don't just sit there and idle all day long. Mm-hmm. Get your boat and run it like the motor's meant to be run. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, run it, check the oil. And as long as, you know, keep checking your oil. That's the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and if anything that looks suspicious, then change it. Don't, you know, err on the side of caution, but... I wouldn't be doing a, a, a lot of unnecessary maintenance that, you know, if, if you're thinking of things reasonably. Um, Man, is it stressful, too, just going into that and, and thinking about all the stuff you have to do with one motor. With one motor. With one motor. Yeah. I look at mine, and I just think there's a ton of stuff that I need to do with it. All oil-related. All oil-related. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's that, it's that way in everything you buy. You know, if you want your weed whacker to last, you gotta 
you know, change the plug and change the oils and and, the, and, uh, and your, you know, every little, you know, your tractor and your push mower and this and that. That's why, you know, I, I get to the point where I, think, I don't, I don't want any more engines around here that I have to maintenance. Yeah. The, and, <laughs> you know what I mean? The, I'm going to be a broken record here, but like with, like how many people fight with their weed eaters every year? Yeah. Most everybody. Yep. that doesn't run them mm-hmm. you gotta yep. you gotta keep, keep that gas going through them and yeah. it's just yep. same thing with a boat but the thing with a boat is is if your weed whacker stops in the yard you walk back to the garage yeah. if your boat yeah, stops say, in the well, lake I you... guess we're not weed whacking tonight <laughs> yeah if your boat stops then you know well you gotta hopefully have another engine or a friend or an you oar. get pull out an oar yeah you know so I, I do that with all my, all my, all the machines. Do you have I, an you know, In the fall, I start off that weed whacker, put a double dose of that stable in there, fill the tank so there's less condensation. Some people say you shouldn't do that. Some people drain them, but you know, I do it that way. I put that stable in there, and, and I do it with all the motors, all the snow blower, weed whacker, blah 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 blah, and uh, I they fire up in the spring unless the battery goes bad. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like, like you, Todd, you talked about emptying the tank. There, there is a word of caution if you have a two-stroke. I heard people say, oh, yeah, my, my carb on my two-stroke doesn't, you know, it, it never gets gummed up because I run it out of gas. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. now, there is, you know, and there's people that do that every, you know, every time they're done driving it. And they could be like a 1968 Evinrude. It's 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 really in theory not a good thing to run a two stroke out of gas. Mm-hmm. Vance, tell yeah. him why. I'll tell you why. After Andrew tells me first, <laughs> well, I can tell you why. <laughs> Todd, tell us why. If, if it runs out of gas, it also runs out of oil. Very good. There it is. Yeah. Well, and I, I, we, I did that with my grandpa's. My pap at the end of the day would pull into the dock, pull the plug, pull pull the pull the, the gas line off. And we let it idle until it ran out of gas mm-hmm. and oil. It was a 1969 Johnson turtle, turtleback looking engine that was still running when I sold it about three years ago, four years ago maybe. Yeah, it's. Uh, but I, I but I got other people told you know I heard that later on in life of you know, saying it ran out of oil also, and it was like oh never thought of that. Yeah. <laughs> Like I said, I haven't had anyone say their motor's blown up, but mm-hmm. any engine that's running with no fuel, you know, no oil in it, you know, you, you, you it's there's the potential to, to do harm. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, like I said, I, I've i never done it, but, you know, there's, you know, there's people that say, oh, I do it every time. It's not that big a deal. Yeah. What if you did that with a four-stroke? You still got oil in the crankcase. You still got oil. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Run that but, and, 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 and I still get mixed on the gas tank thing. You know, my boat has a 40-gallon tank. Answer the boat. And it, some people, I, I still have people tell me in, you know, mechanics or whatever to say, get get that gas out of there. Don't do the stable thing. You know, try to get as much gas you got. Store it empty. And I have other people say, store it full. Put the stable in it. Fill that thing up. You don't get any condensation that way. Mm-hmm. I, that, that's the route I've been taking. I, I yeah I, I couldn't I can't comment on it I because I, yeah, I I don't know what's the right I don't know which is right I you know two different people that work on motors and engines tell you two different things so I guess there is no right or wrong 
Yeah, I mean, I guess I would have to ask, um, is it a steel gas tank? Is it a stainless gas tank? Yeah. Is it an aluminum gas tank? Is it a plastic gas yeah. tank? I have a yeah. feeling plastic will, you know, have less condensation, but it, it might just be air, the mm-hmm. air in there that has that. And uh, I, I don't know, but I just know that I've had enough boats and I've had enough things that I store through the winters that I haven't found it really makes a difference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. However, I would, ideally, the last time I know I'm going to take the boat out, which I never know the last time I'm taking the boat out, that when I was putting it on the trailer and I'm idling onto my trailer, as soon as I shut the key off, the last drip of gas falls into the carburetor. And just, that's it. I would love to have the boat empty of gas, mm-hmm. but I don't want to run it out of gas. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. start fresh at the beginning of next year. But that's unrealistic. Mm-hmm. So I just say treat treat the fuel. And yeah. And, and I treat it all year. Like I, I've, already, I've already said, I'm, I'm running... I'm running seafoam. Mm. I think it's like one ounce to gallon. I use uh, Quick Care, and I think it's called uh, yeah Quick Care and Quick Clean. Quick Clean, yeah. Those are the mercury. Yeah, you're running the, the mercury product. Yeah, though. yeah. And I I do that with every fill up. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. if I put ten mm-hmm. gallons in, I put in three ounces of stable and or three ounces of the Quick Care and an ounce of stable every ten gallons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm doesn't hurt it costs more money it sucks but yeah yeah i guess it's peace of mind I, I, I yeah yeah so i'm trying to think if you know that's in terms of the motors that's generally what i do then kind of just boat care vance you've already done it this year i i'm kind of piecing this together on mine just clean the hull wash and wax yeah make it look shiny mm-hmm. todd do you uh do you wash and wax oh yes i do i haven't done it yet for last season but we will yeah, and it's more or less just to keep the the grime off of it. I don't put a cover on my boat. I need it as a work working space. I should really just put plywood across the gunnels and just have a nice flat table. <laughs> but um, you know, and I, I I use something called you know I I'm in this pristine rivers that have this scummy algae stuff that sticks, and I got this <laughs> scum line. And I use I go to Walmart. I'm sure other places sell. It's called Black Streak Remover. Mm-hmm. And I use that, and it, I spray it on there, give it 10 or 15 seconds, then wipe it off, and it takes that scum line right off. Black streak remover. I don't even know the brand. I'm sure it's all the same. That's what I use to yep. clean the hull. Yeah. And, you know, on, especially on the Mercs, you get the black motors. There's a, uh, you get like a buildup. Andy might not because he doesn't run the motor all that much, but you get this scale buildup uh, around the exhaust. It's like a white flaky. Yep. Uh, yeah. And, it, you know, some, especially when you go to places hard water, you get up into Canada. And I remember up in Minnesota, it was really bad. And that stuff, you know, you can bring it home and wash the boat and it dries. And even if you wipe it off, it's like all those spots are still there. Mm-hmm. But I used to use like a vinegar water compound, wipe that off. And it was okay. But we found a product. And like I said, this is, we, 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 this is nothing. That, you know, we're not sponsored or anything by any of these people, but there's this product called Wonder Foam. Uh, and hard water deposit remover. Now, I'll tell you, you spray that on there and get your little sponge out. You can get it out of every little nook and cranny. It makes those motors. And I used it on the whole boat. Uh, 
Yeah, it's just called Water Thumb. It comes out of uh, Michigan. Or no, it comes out of... I got a jug right here, I will tell you. Does it come with a sham wow? <laughs> it comes out of Michigan. Larson Sales, Michigan. It comes out of Michigan. And I'll tell you what, that stops. I, mean, I got turned on to it by Dale Wiley, who, man, he likes to keep his boats looking good. And, his uh, boat looks like it's in the showroom. Yeah. It does. It does. And, and his boats aren't new, and he uses them. But when you, his boat is always, <laughs> I can't keep mine looking that nice. <laughs> and, I, I, he, it's like he combs the carpet, it's so nice. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. I, that, that's the way he is, you know. There's no lures laying around in that boat. There's not, I mean, and it's, it, you know, but the, that stuff, this stuff, this will get if there was a magical thing to get that off, this is it. Uh, Wonder foam or water foam. Yeah, wonderful. I got a couple. I got some. I got a jug for you. I got bugs all over my motor. I, there's there's pollen all over my boat right now. I could probably do the wash and wax again. Yeah, probably should. It's disgusting. Probably should. Yeah. It's all about the show, aren't you? Mm-hmm. It's got, apparently, it's it, that is, it, it, it looks you know, good. part of that is show, but it is kind of you know keeping your stuff looking nice. If you keep up with it a little bit, but. uh yeah, the boat stuff is the, the, the not fun stuff getting ready for the season. And, and as we said, you know, some people are fishing year round. We got all kinds of people. But, you know, for us, I'm still used to, you know, I, I've been out fishing, but I don't even look at it as fishing until June. <laughs> that's just me. Mm. June, June, and then we're going to get going. And that's, you know, that's just because that's when the season's used to open in May around here. And, you know, New York opens, and Canada. And, you, know, you got the guys up in northern Wisconsin; they're not open, and uh, you know. So you know, we have a lot of guys getting ready for the season. Uh, yeah. Gear. Yeah. You know, what, what, what do you do with your gear? Rods, reels, retail, and you totally rebuild everything in season. I'm sure. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I put so many hours on these reels. <laughs> that I'm actually, you know, the the balls are now, you know, the ball bearings look like. You know, like uh, tapered roller bearings. I'm just wearing yeah. them out so much. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I haven't touched my tranks since the day I got it. No, I haven't really? opened it up. And, and you know, I did it with my, with my Curados. And, and this is, you know, I'm not trying to make an ad for the tranks. Because I also haven't put... I bet you I've had that tranks now, what, three years? Maybe go, mm -hmm. Maybe mm -hmm. two two or three complete seasons. I don't, I don't remember, but, um, I got it the first year it came out. So if you do some math, you can figure it out. My Curados, I would have to replace, there's a little wear pad on where the little thumb bar is. I would replace the thumb bar and the wear pad for a couple bucks because it was only supported on one side and I would wear a groove into it and it would get sticky on me. Like it would be hard to press down. But the, the real functioned fine. It was just the things were wearing on each other. Mm -hmm. And so I, you know, when I would get into that, I would tear it apart and clean stuff out and, you know, just do maintenance on it. But since that, the tranks, you know, I, I keep an ear and I keep a feel on it. If it feels like it's snapping good, everything back, I haven't tore it apart yet. I probably, really? sh I probably should. But, you know, yeah. I, I also do wipe, I wipe the rod down. Not every trip, but it does get scum on it every once in a while. 
What? What do you wipe it down with? Black streak remover. Black streak remover. On a rag. On a rag. A cleaning agent. It could, you know, Man. 409, a simple green. I feel like I just do not take care of my stuff. I really You just don't fish as much as me. Don't feel bad. <laughs> Todd, do you wipe your rods down like that? I when the weeds oh, yeah. when the weeds get on them and stuff and I clean the eyelets and whatnot. I mean, though. don't you get grime on it? Oh yeah. And you just say, ah, screw it. Well, I, I, the, oh, yeah. the most of the buildup is like algae and, and yeah, wipe it off. Yeah, that's what I do. I, I so like then why you busted on me? Well, I'm not. It like just sounds like you're so official like about it. I'm like cleaning your uh, gun. You know what I mean? I'd like a buckskin. I don't know what it is. Like a rag that has oil in it, like the, with the gun cleaners, and I wipe. Yep. I take the rod and I wipe it all down and get in between all the little eyelets and clean all that up. Make sure there's no chip in them or anything. And shit. I'm laughing. Gear Man Steve would be like so pissed at me right now. Put a drip of oil in there. I do oil <laughs> all the time. I oil like the. I mean, I keep oil right in the boat. Do you oil you know, the eyelets? I just put a, the reel. No, no, uh -huh. no. On, on the reels, I put a couple little drips in the level wine. Uh, because you know when we're fit, when you're fishing up at Chautauqua, when you go, to, I mean, even where we fish in Canada, we deal with all the weedy lakes. Mm. I always keep Q-tips, and I get. I mean, you get like weeds build up in the real seat everywhere. Yeah, around the edge, and you know, I clean all that out. It's like it's like a mixture of weeds and oil and cotton. You know, the cotton trees that put oh, off yeah. that white cotton stuff. Mm -hmm. That was flowing like crazy the other day. Planting the tinning, it was a, that stuff was all over the place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I I clean all that stuff out. I mean, I don't know that it. Well, it probably does help because if that would build up in that level line, you would have an issue. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, but you know, guiding and fishing every day, I put a couple little drips in there. I just reach down and pull off, you know, twenty feet of line and clean that stuff out. Put a couple little drips in there. I probably do it once every four or five days. Yeah. Now your four or five days yeah. could could be forty hours of fishing on those. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 That, that. That. Yeah. That's right. You know. You know. A week. Let's just say I do it once a week, but we just fish six days straight, you know. You so could, yeah, you get 50 hours that. on the equipment. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. um, but it seems to, you know, it seems to help. I mean, I know Andy's looked at some of my reels, and he's like, I never saw a reel that, remember some of my Akumas, where, where the level line goes across, and you're like, the chrome is gone. It's like brass looking. <laughs> he has worn out the little level lined, yeah, I, I don't even... I don't even know the term for it, but it's, it's yeah, like a very it's like coarse the thread. Above, the, the gears are inside, but it's like a little half-moon thing across the top. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and it just it moves the level one. And yeah, it's it's like the chrome is stripped and he's just wearing into the, the base metal. But, you know, something I got taught on a couple years ago was that line conditioning spray. Vance, have you been conditioning your line? Oh, I'm going to start. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm, I, I made that up. Better. I made that up. <laughs> because I wanted you yeah, to. Oh, I, be, I, I bet. That's why, I, I, that's why I just agreed. I oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I bathe with these now. Shampoo first and <laughs> yeah. conditioner after. Herbal <laughs> essence. Rinse, rather, repeat. Lather, <laughs> <laughs> rinse, repeat. I think I messed that one up. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it just if you're halfway handy and you have the schematic... And you, you, you know, it's, if it's winter, like, you know, we're talking all this stuff, like, 
full-time job maintenancing equipment. It, it doesn't take much. Just to poke 20 minutes here, 20 minutes there from January through April, and, and, and you'll have all that stuff good. But it, a reel is not super complicated, and it's, it's taking it apart. And, you know, there's always going to be a little drip of water here and there. Dab that up. The parts that you see that need grease generally already have grease around them. Mm-hmm. Put it there. Put, put some there. Put it together, and there's a very important step when you put it together. Make sure you free spool, turn the handle. Free spool, turn the handle. Make sure things are clicking and working. I've mm-hmm. heard people put their reels together, never check that, go fishing, and come to find out they assembled it incorrectly. Yeah. But the schematics yeah. are there. There's probably how-to videos all over YouTube and this and that. They're not that scary, and most any casting reel are basically the same inside. They have different parts. You know, Shimano's parts are going to be different than Daiwa's, but they're all going to look very similar on the insides. And um, once once you know one and you see how they work, you know, it's not that bad of, of a job. You know, I just did I did a reel for... Did my reel look pretty bad, the one that you did? I didn't look too bad. It was clean inside. My Curados were awful. They're like covered in sawdust right now. <laughs> For those, uh, like over there, those ones? You mean the ones that are sealed up in that box right there? No. Oh, <laughs> these ones? No. Dude, I, I, I see them over there. They got like the, you that's, know, from Sand and Raptors and stuff. That's a Carado. That's one of mine. It, it has... It's a reel I don't use. It's a backup. Now, if you do take your reel apart and it doesn't go back together properly... Don't and force it. You just can't get it. You can send them off to Andy Zonchik, phone number seven. <laughs> <laughs> Andy's rod and reel repair. He does Andy's a great reel repair. Yeah, he does a and great job. Look at all that dust. He picked this thing up and it almost blinded me. Yeah, well, that, the, but those Curados, uh, there was a time I had five of them. And I, I might have told this already. I bought one, I loved it. And then I bought another one. And I'm like, oh, I need another. Just so happened to be at that time, Shimano came out with the Curado 300E or something like that. And I and they put the D's on sale at Gander Mountain. I picked a whole bunch up. I picked three up for 100 bucks a piece. So I had all these just in case I wore one out. I never wore out like the two that I was using. And I ended up just selling the new ones. Um, but I used those Curados so much, they would they would just... I'd fish in the rain, the sun, the snow. The ice. It didn't matter. Yeah, yeah the ice. And when I take them apart, there was like seaweed and gunk all through the stuff. And just take it apart, clean it, and do whatever. But I don't fish as much as I used to, so I haven't done that with the tranks. But mm-hmm. I probably should here shortly. Yeah. I, might, I should do it right now. You should do it right now. Right now. All <laughs> right, so right now I got my tranks in my hand. No. Um... You know, you know, that's all like not not fun stuff. But you know, you know, mid 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 December, I take all that stuff down into my basement, into the man cave, and I'll turn on a football game or something, and I'll just you know sit there, take the tinker with take the take the reel off the rod, take it in, do minor stuff to it. You know, just to I don't know. I think it. I think it helps because. You know, I don't think for the amount of time that I that, that we put on the reels in my boat, you know, I don't think we have uh, as many issues as I see some people having. Now, sometimes we just fly wear stuff out or break things. Uh, 
that's when Andy comes to play. But, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and you know, I, I do it all winter. I take, I mean, I got 14, 12, or probably 13, 14 rigs in the boat. You know, you're doing, you're taking six or seven, you know, I got six trolling poles we use every day. And a lot of times we use three. So there's nine that we use every day. I got a couple backups, got some backup reels laying around and, and, uh, you know, there's 12 or 14 outfits and, uh, you know, I got some that you get get used very little. I got steel line. I got stuff like that. But yeah, I just you know I do that little bit of stuff. Usually I do it in the middle of the winter, but you know, season's not here for some people, and still got time if you're thinking about what to do. Don't be afraid to at least take, uh, you know, put some oil on those level lines and check your eyelets. You know, it's a good way to check your eyelets on your rod is to just run a Q-tip around there. Anything, yeah, if it snags, you probably want to get that, yeah. that eyelet replaced. Mm-hmm. I lost probably the biggest Pennsylvania fish we ever had on. Dale and I were doing one of the PMPT events up in Wisconsin and came home. And, uh, you know, it's travel. You know, there's a lot of stuff. You know, we put take my stuff, put it in his boat. We drive, you know, eight, 900 miles fish tournament, put it back in there. You drive home. And I, I, I went out fishing locally in November it was like going to be my last. I put the double treatment into my boat. We went out. It was my wife and I. Beautiful day in November. Fish hits, and the line broke right at my. It's the only time this ever happened, but it broke right at my. Uh, I mean, I saw the line like when it broke. I'll troll up, and when it broke, I saw the line flying through the thing. And uh, you know, I pulled the line through. Couldn't figure out what was going on. And I pulled the line through. I I pulled on the end of the rod. Uh, it cut right off, and the one eyelet had a big chip in it, and it was just like a knife that you just cut the line. Mm. Did you end up seeing that fish again? Yeah, I, I said to my wife, can I keep your, maybe that lure will float up. Uh, at that point, I didn't know what it was, other than it was a good hit. And uh, to be honest, to truth, we, I, I, I stayed in the air, and I trolled down, came back around, trolled back through, trolled back through. This is a local lake, just you know, thirty minutes from the house. And uh, Tiger Wiley, <clears throat> and I'm trolling, and this is—I mean, it's not, it sounds crazy, but I could hear this like I could hear like someone was shaking a lure. Like if you, if you if you grab a big jointed wooden plug like that and you just shake the head of it, you hear the tail going, and uh, I turn around and there's that fish, ten feet off the side of the boat, <laughs> splaying right on top of the water, just shaking its head. It has the 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 the, the eight inch plug head first buried in his mouth, <laughs> and it's shaking its head trying to throw that lure, and the tail is going clack 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 clack. And I look over, now I, now I know that I had 30 feet of line on, plus it broke right at my, so I got 30, 33, 34 feet of line on there. <laughs> I, I had other lines that I threw it into neutral, and I reeled one in real quick and threw it out there. Hooked the line, and I was pulling the line up. It was caught on the lip of the lure, and just, I mean, it was just in, just, just right there in reach that I could have grabbed that line, and it just, you know, it just, it fell off. But yeah. it was a big wide. It was it, it was it was it was the biggest PA fish I've ever had on, and it was just a, a broken eyelid cost me the fish. Would it? Would you have taken? I'm everyone out there that's had braid who has ever snagged up has cut their fingers 
in the creases of their joints when they wrapped the line around their hand and pulled. Oh, yeah. Was, <clears throat> you, was that fish worth getting those awful braided line cuts in the that crease? Would have been, that would have been no different than, like, ice fishing. I would have hand over handed that thing. Of course, I guess then, I, then my wife would have been on the net. But, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I would have taken everything. I would have tied it off to my wrist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a, it was a big it was a big fish. Man. <laughs> really big, wide, heavy November fish. A giant, giant fish. And uh mm. like I said, that's the only time it's ever happened, but it well, it was a broken island. It happened through all our travel. Uh so it's worth it's you know, it's worth checking. Yeah, and it takes nothing. It takes mm-hmm. nothing to do mm-hmm. that. And it could cost you. Mm-hmm. But yeah. you know, it's something you also you know, I don't you know, I, I just a quick visual can get you caught up on a lot of, of you know this. Heck, I use my rod. We've talked about it as a as a push off pole mm-hmm. in some of my stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't check my rod throughout the season. I probably should. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm using this thing at Jimmy Locks, bust doors open, <laughs> <laughs> breaking windows out of your mm-hmm. truck. That did break the island. When yeah, it when it did, did break that. the island. oh, it did it did it did yeah, break yeah. that tip top, and it was a very hard tip top to get. Yeah, when it punched through the back window of my truck. Mm. Um, That's a good one. <laughs> I think yeah. I told that story. Yeah, you did. Yeah, the tooth yeah, tamer rod. I can't believe you could blow out a window my, with the. It was my tooth tamer. Yeah. XXX jawbreaker. Yeah. Extra, extra, extra <laughs> heavy. It should be called the window breaker. Yeah. The hammer. <laughs> That's right. Man. So you know, and then you know, baits. You know, if you have your your, your you know, the baits you use a lot, it doesn't take much. Check the hooks. You know, if it's a wooden bait, check for cracks, check for anything pulling out. Um, plastic bait, same thing. Look them over. It doesn't take much. Mm-mm. And plus, you probably should sharpen the hooks anyway. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just when you're doing it, be halfway conscientious of what you're holding and, you know, what the ramifications could be if, if you miss something obvious. Mm-hmm. It, you know, you're always, there's always a chance for equipment failure, but if you could have spotted it, why not, you know, take five seconds. I, I'm sure I'm not the only one that plays with their fishing lures during the off-season. Mm-hmm. No, I think a lot of guys are doing that. How many times, I, I don't know how many times I've talked to Vance, and he's like, just sitting in the boat sharpening some hooks. It would be like January. Yeah. And, and, and that's been me my whole life, you know. That was me back in... High school, your buddies call and say, "Hey, you know, we're going out to a party over here." I'm like, "Okay, you know, what are you doing right now?" I said, "Well, I'm just I'm, I'm sharpening hooks on some baits," and they're like, "What?" <laughs> I said, "That's just me. That's what I've done my whole life." Uh, it, it, I think probably a lot of guys listening will relate to that, whether you get to fish a lot or not. Even you know, mm-hmm. you know, that's what, that, 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 that's part of the fun of it, the prep. And, uh, you know, teeing your hooks and making sure everything's good. You know, I go through a lot of my, you know, the plastic lures sometimes will spring a leak and I will, uh, drain that water out and put a little bit of epoxy in there and, you know, get them sealed back up so you can get a few more fish out of them. I like to take the time to replace all the hooks that I've cut in the winter. <laughs> yeah. You're fishing with a lure that has three trebles and there's only four points. Oh, my. Hey. This one's due no. for a change. Yeah, you, 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 sometimes you just got to play roulette with it. <laughs> yeah, you're all about you're all about your equipment and stuff. You're making me feel like I'm doing something wrong. And you're, cut, you're fishing with one point. 
I'm not sitting here pointing any fingers. <laughs> His five fish day could have been a six fish day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I saw that one that hit it hit that hook that he cut off. <laughs> I, I I was there. I don't think you saw that fish. Um <laughs> Because I don't think I saw that fish. <laughs> um, but, you know, I I have right over there, I don't have any in front of me now because I was doing a little bit of a wax job on this gunnel. But, Vance, probably, what, 90% of the podcast, I have... Baits everywhere. Baits. We either, you know, either we have the casting baits that we make. What do I have sitting out over there? In a boss shed, a couple... Legends, little baby, little baby perch baits, the tiny ones. Mm-hmm. You got a four-inch baker, you got uh, a five-inch baker, and some boss shads. There should be a wily floating around here too, but yeah, just I, I, I like to see. I like my stuff nice, so I don't let the fish eat them because I they might. Yeah, get the them paint. all chewed up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. might scratch the paint. That's right. He's She's got paid for. In my boat, he's like, look at this thing. It looks horrible. <laughs> yeah. Don't. Yeah, I, I bring my baits. I'm like, nah, I'm just going to let these things not get bit. I'll just use Todd's. <laughs> you know what I'm... We'll just use those mm-hmm. ones. They're already destroyed. He doesn't care for stuff. you got to do trailer maintenance, too. That's we're going to get there next after yeah. I said uh, the baits. Yeah. That's you know, the scariest part to me. Yeah. I guess real quick, you know, check your release tools, too. Pliers yeah. rust up, you know, things like that. Oh, my gosh. I had a, I had a pair of pliers. I can't even move them. Right now, they sat in my box for a while. I mean, they were like long, long pliers. It, you know, good set of pliers are hard to, <clears throat> hard to find. Long mm-hmm. needle nose, and uh, I think I had like a Rapala b- brand, but it was, you know, they might have been like a foot long or whatever. Mm-hmm. But if you get in, you know, to get some decent hardware, you you can get you know, sixteen, eighteen inch, you know, pliers and whatnot. Those. Those Rapala ones I have, I, they're just stuck open. I can't. I had the thing just bathing in oil. Like, I still can't do it. Yeah, I, I do that. I do that numerous times. I mean, probably at least ten times during the season. You mm-hmm. know, I, I just take all that stuff out. All those pliers that I have. I mean, you guys have seen. I have a whole toolbox sitting there. Mm-hmm. He built and, this uh, toolbox out of lumber to support the weight of his release tools. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but I do. I, I, I pull that stuff out. I lay paper towels down, spray it with, you know, lube something or WD-40 at least, and, uh, you know, move them around and, you know, get them working because they will. I mean, you leave something in that boat a couple rainy days, it. you go to grab it, they will be locked up. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that is for sure. There's a lot of moisture out there. <laughs> yeah. And, uh yeah, I mean, I, I do that all the time, just to keep all that stuff. That's that stuff I do during the season, but I do it. I've already done that with my boat. You know, I got all that mm-hmm. stuff lubed up and ready to go. And yeah. All right, let's let's jump back to trailer maintenance. What do you do, Todd? I pull the tires off and pack the bearings and. Shove it back on and say, I hope everything's good. <laughs> That's all. You know, lights, you know, the lights, lights on your trailers. I mean, that's not a necessity, but that's something that can get really frustrating as your rig gets older. Yeah, and something that has happened in recent years is you can get them LED lights 
for like 40 or 50 bucks. Mm -hmm. I see guys put in a lot of time chasing problems with, with, you know, phantom problems with their wiring. Oh, this Uh ground came out this. Just buy the whole new set of lights, run all new wires. Mm -hmm. It'll take you, if, if, if you're not, you know, if, if things go good, you can have that trailer redone in probably a half hour. If things go bad or you're maybe not be the most handy mechanic, two hours. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to do it all at once. But It you know, would take me days to do that. I'm not good with wiring electrical. I, I, I wouldn't know where to start. I know you just you could pull the wire through and pull it right in there. But yeah, but Are you saying the LED lights are, are better? Yes. Are they? Last longer? Yeah. They, uh, the LEDs, they, they, you know... You get, you can get the, the, the incandescent bulbs or the LEDs, and you can get the submersible incandescent bulbs and whatever, but it's still an incandescent bulb, which it has a tungsten filament that, uh-huh. you know, it, it, when the electrons go across, it heats up and lights up. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of heat involved with that, and a lot of times when people pop lights on their trailers, the bulbs are hot, they dunk them in the water, they're yeah. cold and hot, boom, pops the light. Now, the sealed, if the water can't hit them, but how, how sealed are they? Be realistic. Yeah. yeah. Um, the LEDs put off almost no heat. They, you know, they, they take less energy to light up. You know, they, they so you're not, not that you're like people are like cars are stalling because the batteries are dying with incandescent mm-hmm. bulbs. But, you know, the LEDs, they have a longer life. So you, you pop a, you, you can have the world's best wiring, but if your bulbs burn out. Mm-hmm. Still not going to work. It's, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. So I prefer the LEDs. Now, with that said, I have this Ranger trailer here that came 1994, and as far as I know, I know I haven't put anything in it mm-hmm. bulb-wise. It's incandescent, and they still work. Mm-hmm. So I guess you know if it, if it's not broke, don't fix it. But if if you're starting to have a problem where like one side's not working or whatever, just buy the kit. It comes with like a 20-foot electrical harness. Mm-hmm. And pretty much, if, if it's going through like tubing or anything, the wires, or you know, chase through the, the the frame somehow, but you can move the the wires that are there, cut the wire up at the front, tape on the wire that needs to go. It's all color coded. So if it's let's just say it's brown and green, tape the brown and green wire from the new harness onto it, mm-hmm. pull it from the back, and just have it chase itself through as you're pulling the old yep. one out. Yeah. That's a good idea. And uh, you, you do that, and you got two wires on each side. You know, there's going to be a ground. And this is where it gets a little more complicated. When I rewire a trailer, instead of using the trailer as the ground, I'll run a, I'll fish another wire, mm-hmm. and I'll run the ground all the way up to the plug. So I'm not relying on the, the frame of the trailer or a connection that is definitely good. Yeah, because then you're relying on the ball connection. Then you get into your... The, the, yeah, the ground chassis like grounds and the, everything. You know, what's your hitch and the truck? Yep. Mm. Yeah. So I have no problem running an extra wire because mm-hmm. it's nice to know. I don't know anyone that's ever been pulled over for trailer lights. You know, I guess if, if you're smuggling coke on that trailer, mm-hmm. they, the dog smells it. <laughs> but if you're pulling a boat and they can see your tail lights, mm-hmm. I, I haven't heard of anyone ever getting pulled over. But still, I don't want to have reasonable cause for for a traffic stop mm-hmm. even if, even if you've done nothing wrong but i'm just that guy that always wants to err on the side of caution mm-hmm. and so 
now that I said that, I'm probably going to get pulled over for trailer <laughs> lights. <laughs> but, you know, that that's the one thing is, you know, check your lights. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, if you're fighting with bulbs, just go get LEDs. Mm-hmm. Just go get the LED ones, get the kit, run all new wires. Everything's brand new. Everyone's happy. Yeah. Um, I have LEDs on mine. Yeah. I back I back it in connected. Yeah. You know. I don't get out to unconnect lights. Yeah. To disconnect lights, I should say. Um, well, you have to. On, again, a lot of those, uh, you know, on the bigger boats, you have to. I mean, I can't unhook my... When I had brakes on my trailer, you can't unhook them. You can't go backwards. Right. Yeah, you, you, so you need to you have... You have to keep them unhooked. You, I mean, you have to keep them hooked up. <laughs> yeah. But there's a, there's a thing that's... <laughs> yeah, for I don't any... have trailer brakes anymore, but yeah, you can't back up. So that unconnect, you know, the, you know, pulling the plug, we always did that on the smaller boats, but you can't do it on these bigger ones. Yeah, I mean, you, I'm trying to think. I think that you might be able to just by swinging, uh, disconnect it, and then like swing it, 180 degrees and just have that one that one wire hooked up if, if your pigtail coming out of the, out yeah. of the back of your truck because I want to think that I did that with the Crestliner because what Todd's talking about is if you have surge brakes which you know the brakes are activated by the, the by essentially the tongue yeah the the, the mm-hmm. momentum of the boat when it when it pushes against the tongue of the the receiver slides inside the trailer tongue mm-hmm. so if you yeah. hit the brakes hard in the car, and it's it's gonna apply pressure through the tongue, mm-hmm. and those brakes are gonna activate, you know, just through the momentum of the boat. Mm-hmm. And they are wonderful when they work. Yes, my they big are. my big Crestliner, and I was pulling it with my my Colorado, which Todd, you saw it. I mean, it was a big boat. Yeah, it was a big boat, and it made my truck look very small. It looked like a twenty four footer behind my Colorado. <laughs> it did mm-hmm. look like you were pulling it with a golf cart. <laughs> it's yeah. it seriously it did, mm. but I didn't. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I'd get going, I'm like, you know, I'd be pulling it to Erie or something, 3.30 in the morning, deer jumps out in front of me, I hop on the brakes, what should have just pushed me through the deer, mm-hmm. I stopped like I didn't even have a boat on yeah. it. Yeah. And, uh, but on the flip side, you gotta have that reverse lights, you know, uh, wire coming down to the, to the uh, trailer connector, and that is a flat five plug, which most people haven't seen, unless you're in the boat world. Mm-hmm. That fifth one activates a solenoid that shuts off the brakes. It's just you know, a little hydraulic solenoid valve. So mm-hmm. when you put it in reverse, it shuts off so you can back the boat up with nothing. It doesn't always work, and it's frustrating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've heard mine, you know, screaming back there sometimes when, I, yeah. when I'm backing in. It's like... Err. That's the difference between having a V8 and a straight five. <laughs> Mine would stop the boat. I mean, stop the truck. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't go nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I have uh, I have those oil bath. Yep. Uh, yeah, that's the new that's the new thing. That's the way to go. Oil bath <laughs> on the uh, on the easy loader trailer, and I picked that over the other ones just because mm-hmm. I don't have to kick the tires around on it. Mm-hmm. Every year, I mean, all all there is is there's a little there's a little level in there. It shows a window, like yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, you look directly at it. If that oil's in there, I mean, that what I've read, it's good. Yeah, I I have bearing buddies on mine, and you know, and if I had the option, I don't know what I would take because 
I I wasn't well versed in axle lubrication until like last year when Todd and I I think we we were talking about it. I'm like I why are these people going to oil baths? Mm. And I I never looked into it. I just bearing buddy. I'm like all right, yeah. Pop the cap off, squirt, squirt, squirt. Mm-hmm. As, soon, as soon as I see it come out, spray. I'm like good. I'll see you next year. Yeah. But it might be a better system. I, I don't know, but. Regardless, they need lubed. If not, they're going to not work. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to be along the highway wishing you had another set of bearings. Yeah. Or a hub or a whole new everything. I mean, well, yeah. Which what? has happened to me many times over my yeah, I mean, life. From what I've read, I mean, <laughs> there's, there's not much maintenance with them. So yeah. I don't see many complaints about them either. On, I mean, it, I don't know how long they've been around. I don't, I don't know either. You know, I, I would... I would imagine, and I'm just going off of just shooting from the hip. They might they might be a pain when they start to go. I, I would it, imagine that. that yeah. If if the seal starts leaking and at 70 miles an hour, it might be 15, 20 miles before smoke no, coming off. Gone. It's mm, gone. Yeah. Um, but you might that might take 10, ten years. years. I have no idea. Yeah. But you know, I I have a feeling when it's a failure, it's a quick failure. You know, grease. Obviously, if you don't have grease in there, it can, it can fail just as quick too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know, but, but grease the seal can be. Yeah, the seal can be bad on your, on your buddy bearing on the backside, yep. and you can, you know, pump it in there and you get some grease spraying around, but you can just keep stopping every fifteen miles to put a couple. Or, pumps yeah, in. you know, even if it's a slow leak. I mean, you know, like I, I had to. Yeah, the seals were letting some grease out of the backside, but you get through the season. I mean, it, it's you know, you just grease it when you're done with your trip. Yeah, it's it's easier to prolong the right the right fix with grease mm-hmm. because it is you know it's it's archaic. Mm-hmm. You know, it just you yeah. got grease forcing through the bearings, which you know has worked mm-hmm. really good. But you know, I imagine if they're putting these oil baths on, um, that they they've tested them. I'm sure they oh, yeah. had to. So uh, just make sure they're lubricated. Um, tires. Todd's the only one that I know that actually wears tires out on trailers. Most other people <laughs> replace them because yeah. they dry rot. Mm-hmm. Todd, you got new tires the other year, didn't you? Yeah, I got new tires again last year. I get a few years out of them. But, you know, I have a single axle. On this boat, and I, and if there was one thing I wish I did have a dual axle. Uh, There's goods and bads. Yeah, they, 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 I do wear, I do wear tires. You get a couple years out of them. Yeah, I get a few years, and I put, you know, when I see the wear, because I, I, you can't take that chance. I mean, pet flat, you know, give a flat tire and a single axle, you're. By the time you know it, I mean, it's, it's not like a. Well, I'm, I'm, they they just come flying apart, <laughs> you know. Because it doesn't affect the driver too like a late, you know. You're driving, you're like, oh boy, you know. By the time you get over, there's it's gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I wish I had a dual axle, <laughs> but you know, I, there, there's goods and bads. My Crestliner had a dual axle. I loved how it pulled. It pulled really nice. I could not move it in my pole barn except straight forward and straight back. 
Mine too. No, no, and I, I noticed that. Yeah, my, mine does not turn down there to Vance with, with, with Vance's boat, and mm -hmm. I've not pulled up any dual axles. I said to that right away, this thing does not back up the same as my boat. <laughs> you know, mm -mm. it doesn't spin around like you can. Yeah. We were trying to park down there at Tony's, and uh, if anyone's ever been down there to the Muskie Lodge, I mean, when there's a lot of people there, I mean, you got to fit it in and, you know, get them in there and, I like pulled in the first time and it was the same way we did last year where we took my boat. I was like, there's no way I can get this thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got to reevaluate how we're going to get this thing back in. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. But you know, they don't turn around that quick. But, pull, uh, pulling them down the highway is so nice. Mm -hmm. It's very nice. Yeah. But I mean, that slow speed maneuvering and any, you know, like, Man, you see my pole barn. It's not that big. I'd have to have that crest liner all the way against the wall. Yeah. So I'd have to hit it perfect. Mm -hmm. And I'd be out like, oh, I can nudge it over. And I'm, you know, it's disconnected from the truck. So I'm, you know, grabbing the tongue and they I'm pulling. Move. And I'm like, I just moved it two feet. And I let go and it goes, boring. It goes just right, hits, right back. Yeah. So we yeah. straight back yeah. up. And, you know, I'd have to, I'd have to use the truck. Yeah. Either that or I would. Oh, gosh. I think there's a piece in those where you can, you can kind of cut that off. And you get with with my trailer. There was there was somewhere there was a little part I could connect where I could kind of override that. Override the axles fighting each other. Pretty much, yeah. How? What I was reading in in the manual. You you know why it it's, it's hard because the, they have to. Maybe you can yeah. turn one of the brakes off. Well, what it is is that the tires fighting each other. Mm -hmm. Like the the with with like what Todd was talking about how his turns real nice. It's it's because. You know, Vance, you're sitting in the range enough. I grab the tongue and I pull it towards me. One tire is it's spinning pivot, one way. Yeah, the other tire is spinning, yeah. you know. Yeah. It, it, but with I, a, could, I could grab the tongue of my boat right now and just swing it over and put it at a 90-degree angle. Mm -hmm. It would just fall around. Yeah, if you did that with the dual axle. You can't do that with a dual yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the sidewalls. You're going to have to, you know, the yeah. sidewalls is flexing. You're moving the tire mm -hmm. against yep. the way it should roll. Yeah. And, uh, but... You know, like there's the, the trade off there, but you know, I guess you know, in terms of trailer, you know, check. I we we were we patch up some some older uh, boat trailers fairly often, rusting out on the frame rails and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, the biggest ones you want to look for are the ones with the tubing. That water gets in the tubing and it'll rest in a low spot. Mm -hmm. Usually they're more like on, you know, what, the ones we do, at least from this marina that brings them to us, is they, uh, I don't even know what you'd want to call it, but it's a tube that goes perpendicular to the, to the boat. It's where they, it'll go dip down for the V and then come back up. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't take much for those weep holes to, you know, they can plug up with dirt yeah. and, and oh, yeah. stuff and yeah. then it'll hold water. Those will rust out, and if those break through, your trailer could then open up. Just mm -hmm. you know, but yeah, yeah. I, I haven't seen a catastrophic failure. But because people, you know, you you launch your boat, you take it to the thing, you look, I'm like, oh, what's that? But it's something to watch. Trailer failure is not a fun thing. Mm -mm. <laughs> um, grease, grease. You're, you're not even there yet. What's yeah? If 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 the motor breaks down while you're fishing, at least you're on the water. Yeah. If you're going fishing and your trailer breaks down, you're sitting alongside the road. Triple A, unless you have extra coverage. Yeah. You're, they pay, don't, you're paying 200 they'll, they'll bucks to get a tow. Vehicle, they don't tow the trailer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, 
Yeah, other than that, you know, grease the moving parts of your jack. I mean, it can even just be WD-40. Grease grease the stuff. Make sure your coupler's working good. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't do that, be, you know, if I feel that it's tight, you know, my, my little lockdown mechanism, mm -hmm. spray it with some WD. Yep. Just you know, don't skimp on it now because if it doesn't feel right, it probably isn't. And head it off early. Mm -hmm. um, I guess the other thing is, like, it, back into the boat... Your batteries. Charge your batteries. I keep mine plugged in all winter. Mm-hmm. On the on the, on the onboard charger, it goes to float mode, and you know, but mm -hmm. I'm 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 worried about that stuff. Yeah. I it's, I feel like the second I take it off, I used to take them take take the batteries out and uh, keep them elevated off the ground and charge them like every four to six months. That's that's what I would do with them. Yeah, I just leave mine plugged in. Yeah, that's what I do now, you know, with the bank charger and stuff. Um, but, you know, the other thing is if your battery has you know, is a maintenance battery, check check the water levels. Yeah. There's not too many of those anymore. I don't think. I don't think so either. Probably because people were burning them up and not buying them because of it. Yeah. But, you know, I guess... Tow vehicle, make sure everything's good with your hitch. I don't check my hitch, but I also I have a new truck. Mine's a big rust pile. Is it? Yeah, I you know I left that I left that on during the winter months, and it just got all gunked up with everything. Mm -hmm. But I took it out and spiffed it up a little bit. I, I put it in Coca Cola for like a week. Really? Yeah, and it took some of the rust off. Did it have any cavities? <laughs> <laughs> Big brown, there's still rust all over it, but I mean, the thing works, you know. Yeah, what was that? The, the, this is an old Simpsons, but like, Marge was gone and Homer was watching the kids and Bart said something, can I have this for dinner, like milkshakes? He goes, yeah, just, but make sure you brush your teeth with pop before bed. <laughs> something. <laughs> that coat removes the rust. I don't know. Crazy. Yeah. What? But... Yeah. Yeah, so what else is everybody just want during the off season? I mean, getting ready for the season, what else do you look at? I mean, you want to make sure you're, I mean, we, you know, we've gone over minor things for the boat to, you know, sort of just preventative maintenance, the boat, the trailer, the rods, the reels, the lures, going through all that. I mean, the one thing I do is I make sure I got, uh, you know, ample leaders, spend a lot of time getting those made up or, you know, just make sure you have them. Uh, now, Van, uh, like when, when, yeah. when you, I mean, Todd, the yeah. when you make your leaders, I mean, we're making them, we're selling some, but like, yeah. do do you just sit down and make one or two, or or you know? No, no, I mean, I sit down and make like a hundred because we are selling some, but I, I, I give a lot to my clients. Like, I think we've talked about that before. The one, you know, lots of times we're capsing and taking guys out that are into muskie fishing. They'll show up and. You know, that's just something that people aren't, aren't, aren't thinking about is the, uh, you know, I don't know how many times I can tell you this has happened where guys show up and they got a new Corrado or Dio Alexa or Tranks or, you know, this and, a, and a, you know, a six, five, six, seven hundred dollar outfit wide and everything. And they have a uh, cheapy little. Berkeley's or whatever this Berkeley is. Berkeley wire leader on there. Yeah. Spro. Which, which you know, Berkeley. I mean, we, we use a lot of that stuff in in the leaders we make. The 
the swivels and the snaps and stuff, but, you know, they just want to put wire on there. They'd be further ahead just tied to the thing, so I'd give a lot of, uh, uh, you know, way to people. But, yeah, we, uh, you know, make sure those things are ready and ample. I mean, I probably have, I keep 25 trolling leaders, 25 casting leaders on board, a few fluorocarbons for some of the smaller baits for my trolling baits. And, uh, and, uh, now you, know, you, you just... I, re- I replenish them all the time. I'm not I'm not chintzy on the leaders, you know. When that thing starts wearing out, or there's something, I mean, I just I that, that's another thing I do probably depending on how many fish we're catching or what we're doing. But there's a lot of times that I just uh, you know probably weekly, while we're, at least weekly while we're casting. And there's some days that we'll go through two or three leaders in a day. Mm-hmm. We get all kinked up, or. Yeah, it gets all kinked up, wrapped up, or, you know, gnarled up, and I just cut it off and tie another one on. And other days I can go get a bunch of fish. As soon as it starts wearing, I mean, I'm not, I'm not cheap on the leaders. I mean, I just throw them in the, you know. Lake? No, I, I keep them <laughs> and take them back and throw them in the garbage. Yeah. You know, sometimes I'll save the, the, you know, the swivel part or the snap part. Like I said, sometimes I'll pop a new leader on, you take three casts and the fish just jacks it up. I know the snap's still good. I know the, the swivel's still good. I just cut them off and then, you know, we make another one out of that. I, I just, you know, the, 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 I, you know, I'll, you know, recycle them through the, uh, process. But, uh, yeah, I'll just, once the, you know, often I just sit down and, you know, get a couple feet off during the season and, you know, a couple feet of line and tie, tie new leaders on all, all the rigs, you know? Yeah. Don't, don't cheap out on, on leaders. Mm-hmm. It's really the only thing connecting the fish to you. I mean, it's, I mean, yeah. there's, there's, there's several links of the chain there, but it's connecting the bait. Mm-hmm. You know, cheaping out there. It's why, why do that? Yeah, and I, 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 I've made leaders for guys, you know, and, you know, two years later, they'll, they'll say, you know, that snap broke on that leader you made. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And, uh, you mean that one leader I saw that you bought off of me two, three years ago, you were using it the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> and they'll show it to me and, the, you know, it's all frayed. It's, and I was like, yeah, you sure replaced that leader a long time ago. That's a, that's a replaceable item that's something and you don't have to redo your i mean you have to maybe put new hooks on your lure your line stays should stay good unless something's going wrong rod reel but that leader is a it, you know it's a wear point it's expendable it, yeah, it's expendable yes yeah absolutely and, you know it's yeah, it's just something people people don't look at. Yeah, and I I get I don't understand things sometimes. I, I know that if I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I use hundred pound fluorocarbon, and there's you know you you throw that up on any outlet on the internet, and there's always someone that has a fish bit it off. Mm-hmm. I haven't caught tons and tons of fish in my life, but I've been around the block a little bit, and I haven't had a fish ever bite it off. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that it can't happen, but just like anything, you know, mm-hmm. you, you gotta, this is my point. I like the hundred pound and here's why couple, what was that? Three, three years ago, two years. 
we were at the the uh, Chicago show. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we had we had a, a potential uh, you know buyer you know bait shop that wanted wanted some baits. He wanted a demo, so we went down to the pool when they had the pool open for bait demos. And I didn't bring a rod and reel because I'm going to Chicago. I didn't expect to have a pool available. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Storm Brothers was there, and they had some combos that they were letting people. And I said, Hey, can I borrow this? I want to demo some baits. He was kind enough to let me mm-hmm. borrow it. And I, I looked, I grabbed the leader. I'm like, oh my gosh, this thing is just like, it's thick. Yeah. It's, it's so overkill. Mm. I didn't ask nothing. I'm like, well, I just, I actually, it took me a lot more effort to work a glider with that enormous. Yeah. Had a big snap, a big barrel swivel, probably 200 some plus pound fluorocarbon. <laughs> And the bait did not... I mean, the bait worked. Yeah. It did not work nearly as good. Yeah. And it had to do with just the bulkiness of it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Raptors, they were not really... Possible. They were they were working when you're pulling them, but when you stop, they would, they would sink. They would sink. Because yeah. they, you know, they're, they're very near neutral buoyant. Yeah. And you put a, you know, something that weighs considerable, you know, more than the leaders that Todd and I use. Yeah. So anyways... What what I come down to is before you go overkill on your leaders, think about this. If you get a nick in a 100-pound fluorocarbon leader, are you going to replace it? I don't know. I would. Yeah. If you get a nick right. in a 300-pound fluorocarbon leader, are you going to replace it? Yeah. At that point... What's the difference? What's the difference? Yeah. That's, that's exactly it. Yeah. And... The leaders do change, change your action, you know? And... So I, I don't. Well, we we try to keep right around, you know, with the snap. Todd and I will just we'll buy snaps together. You know, Todd will buy everything in bulk for his stuff. I'll buy everything in bulk, but we share the the, the swivels and the snaps. Mm-hmm. And you know the what do we go about 150, 120 pounds yeah. on this on the snaps yeah. and the swivels? Yeah, one one's one fifty, one is one twenty, I believe. Yeah. You know, something like that. It comes down to the size, you know. If if it looks too big, it probably is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it might get to the point where there's, you know, there's some people out there, I need a spring combo, this and that. Well, pretty much any musky rod and reel can be your spring, summer, fall, and winter combo. Just pick out, pick out a reasonable leader, and then it, it can do everything. Mm-hmm. And, uh... You know, but that's something, you know, I check. Mm. You know, if you catch a fish, you know, some people will sharpen their hooks. Just grab that leader and run your hand down it. If you feel a nick, you know, you got a judgment call. Am I going to take it a little bit further? Or am I just going to replace it and harvest the organs later? And mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's, I think I've talked about this before. You know, the way I tie my fluorocarbon, I can replace the snap on it. Mm-hmm. I'll go through, a, you know, generally I'll go through a couple snaps before the leader gets banged up enough. And I can unsnap the snap, put mm. another snap on it. Yeah. And, you know, you can get some mileage out of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, uh, I pretty much change those things up as soon as I st- start seeing them kinking up. Yeah, you're I mean, using even, the same even, even wire. The, yeah, even the kink in them kind of jacks with the action. And, and the, it does. You know, yep. so... 
you know, I, I notice if, if I'm being lazy or anything like that, if, if I keep it on there and that's got a kink in it because I netted a fish or, or anything like that, uh, you know, that sometimes those baits will start to walk on me a little bit or, you know, anything like that. And I kind of like to keep my, you know, cadence consistent with that. And, uh, so I'll be, I go through those things like candy just depends on how, how banged up they get after each fish. I mean, you could, you, you really could lose them in one fish if you, if you, you know. I find that anyway. most of the leaders get jacked up from the small fish. Oh my God. Yeah. Cause they're insane. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, especially if you have to, you know, you you know, especially if you have to net them or, or or something like that. I mean, they're going crazy in, in the bag there. That leader's expendable. Yeah, like I said, there was, you know, back in my early days when I was when I was working hellhounds and stuff like that, I made up my own solid wire leader because I I read somewhere online that that you can only work gliders properly with a solid wire leader mm. so i got something you know that's probably in the 90 100 pound range mm -hmm. and i'd twist up my own little leader and put on my my snap but i didn't like it when i would tap and you know the, the glider would glide but that leader would just go boop, straight down point right to six yeah, yeah, oh yeah they're, they're heavy it's a good damn sinker and, and like i said everybody's got their own little thing but i cannot think of any absolute reason at all Unless you were throwing a bucktail, mm -hmm. I, I never. I I started making those years ago because that's what people said. Oh, you got to use this. I absolutely hate them. <laughs> absolutely hate this. Those those hard wire. Like I said, I mean, I guess it'd be fine throwing a bucktail. You can do whatever with them. Yeah, but but what I did different. I stand this thing. After I did that was I said, I don't like this thing falling. So I found some little walleye slip bobbers. I drilled a little baby hole down the center of them, and I would slide them on, and I found the right size for the length I had to where when I'd tap it, that leader would stay flat. No way. <laughs> that's a lot of work. Now it was is, a lot of work. Now and that is custom. <laughs> yeah. That's custom the, leaders. Customize your leader, Andy. That well, was a custom. That was a custom job. This, this was the thing. Was My mind was wrapped around that you had to have a hard wire. Mm -hmm. I made the hard wire to where... Now, when I'm working a glider, I'd see this little... It, it look, They like put like a fake wood grain on it, and there's like a little orange band and like a, like a fluorescent yellow band on these mm -hmm. things. And i tap it, I'd see orange, yellow, orange, yellow. <laughs> and it's like the glider's chasing something. Yeah. So in you my... Made it, you, yeah, so you made like a... Uh... Neutral buoyant leader, leader, solid wire leader before the raptor. That's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> but it was such a pain to make them yeah. that <laughs> I was constant. I mean, I caught a lot of fish on that, mm. you know, over the years that I didn't want to have to keep making them. So this wire leader would a fish gets it and it comes in and it never fails. It gets a hook catches onto it. You. The fish has it, and it just bends up like a question mark. So after I release the fish, I'm sitting there nursing these leaders straight yeah. again. Mm -hmm. And it, it finally, I said, why don't I try my fluorocarbons? <laughs> and guess yeah. what? They work. And it was so easy. New, new for 2016. <laughs> uh, yeah. We will have the neutral buoy. We're going to paint the bobbers like a little minnow, so it's going to look like you're... I'm going to foil them in <laughs> two coats of epoxy. Yeah, it's going to look like the, the lure is chasing a minnow. That's going to be the difference. That's going to be the difference. I will Andy, offer don't it. talk about it anymore. Quit right now. Yeah. 
I was going to say I was going to offer it in 18 different color patterns because I'm going to airbrush <laughs> oh, all man. of them into bait fish. Patterns. But they were going too far. Here. Yeah. It could be a big break, sir. <laughs> yeah. We'll put two or two or three in line. It'll be like sort of almost like the umbrella rig thing. Okay. Oh. That's good. Yeah. The, the price starting point at this labor intensive process is $60 a piece. <laughs> it's a $60 later. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But I, I, I had myself convinced that that, that, that glider following that was increasing my strikes. Yeah. And, and, and it, it's so easy to do in musky fishing to self-perpetuate this. Yeah. This is why the fish are hitting it. Mm-hmm. And then finally I said, screw it. These leaders are going to fail. I'm not making another one. And I just grabbed the rod. And I'm like, hey, the bait works the exact same way. And you're still getting hits. And I'm still getting hits. <laughs> so, yeah, that was one of my early on a... And who knows, someone else probably had done that one time or another and gave up like me because it yeah. sucked to make them, right? Yeah. <laughs> I thought I was... I, I took my boat out for a run the other day just to see if everything was working still. Did it? Yes. Okay. And, no uh, beeps. No loud beeps. No loud beeps. Just nice. only soft chirps when you turn the key on. Yeah. <laughs> Whispering sweet nothings like in your ear. ear. Just something screwing with me. I I, I think I, I think was, it's over, Vance. I, I think it is over. I, I I don't know. Maybe not. I, the, yes, they are. Well, no, not not with the boat. The limits are over. But no, the it might be on a Ugh. human level. Maybe, not man yeah. versus machine. It might be man versus man. It's yeah. not over until I say it's over. Is it over? So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're done. When I say we're done. Okay. <laughs> but I Dance took it out. And, Cabela's. And, uh, <laughs> and I, uh, yeah. I was checking my depth finder. I was like, all right. You know, I, 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 I'm in that boat and I'm trying to. I'm just like, all right, just relax. Go out and fish. What, what, what do you normally do? You know, I go out. I'll put the boat in. I'll go and check out some points, some areas that I want to fish. Mm-hmm. See, what, see what the lake's looking like and whatnot. You're scouting. Check the water temperature, stuff like that. Well, you know, I'm doing so many things before that that I kind of forget that stuff. So I was like, man, I'm just screw this. I'm going to have a normal normal hour out here and, and just, you know, dink around and, and see what's going on. I looked, I went to check the water temperature and uh, it was reading like 160 degrees. Okay, now we ha- we covered this controversial <laughs> topic yeah. water temperature and, yeah, and there was there was some people fishing out there the there were some people fishing out there and I was like man these bastards this is just <laughs> just unbelievable that these people think it's even okay to fish for any fish right now in 160 degrees I bet you your outboard would come out very clean because <laughs> it's borderline steam cleaning it I was like I wonder what's setting that off so I turned the other screen on and I got a more accurate reading it was about a 100 degree difference um and I was wondering if oh, that... So, so what, you were on 260 degree water? I was on 160... <laughs> I was on like 150 something, and then the other one I was in like 52. Oh, oh okay, uh, I went the wrong way uh, with yeah, the yeah, addition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It should have been subtraction. I was like, okay. And I was wondering, I was like, I wonder since that, the puck is closer to like the P stream, if that's reading hot water coming out of the motor. That were you moving? Yeah, that would be. I mean, that P stream isn't. I know. I was like, that. I, there has to be something screwed up with that that one graph. Something. Something's going on there. 
We'll see. I can't get anything consistent twice with, with, with what's going on in that boat. So hopefully I turn them both back on. And, and then the next one's showing absolute zero. <laughs> yeah, like and you're making superconductors in there. <laughs> <laughs> I did that and... Yeah, I gotta, I gotta see if, if that if that graft is is registering right. Everything else worked on it. I mean, was it just off by a differential of a hundred? Yeah. So I was like, you know what? Guess what? You could just take a piece of electrical tape and put it over the one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Just like the check engine light on old cars. Yeah, I'm you just see tape on the dash. Co cover it up. Because I did that to the avalanche before I sold it. You you gave it to the dealer with. Tape over. Yeah. I'm tired of looking at that light. It says check engine. <laughs> yeah, so so that that happened to me when I was when I was uh. And 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 you also saw. Did you see anyone fishing? Yeah, I you saw. You saw someone monkey fishing. Yeah, so. Well, you talk know, a month early. Yeah, so, uh, three well, weeks early. Three three yeah. week three weeks early. I was coming out. I was going to check out some spots. Uh, and there was a guy already posted up. There was a little point. There was a lot of people. There's some people uh, crappie fishing and whatnot. And, and then I see, I'm going through this no wake zone, and I, I see this guy, you know, running a, a trolling speed. Mm -hmm. Just no wake speed, but trolling speed, and he's making some moves and whatnot. So I, I bang it right, and I just go and I, I check it, I, I check it out, and and uh, sure enough, there's this guy fishing, mm -hmm. trolling. Rods are in the, in in the water. And uh, he's by himself, and he's got four poles out. So now, isn't the law three rods? The the law is three rods. Okay. And the law the season doesn't open until the twenty eighth. Yeah. Now, does New York allow musky fishing out of season? You just can't keep them. No. No. Hmm. Mm -mm. Yeah. I would start my trips. I would be fishing. I wouldn't be. I'd be doing this podcast from camp. I can't. Yeah. 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 But you can't. So I see that. I'm like, what the? This is just like what? What a like? What a jackass doing that stuff. Yeah. I remember last year I, I fished on the opener, uh, and it opened. Um, whatever it opened three weeks earlier. So. I was with you. Yeah. Well. Yep. I, I think, don't know if you were with me. I started the day with you. But it was later. It was later in the yeah, day. Yeah, I left. You left, and it was later in the day. That's and I right. Went, yeah, this guy comes up to me in this big glass boat, and uh, I have my girlfriend with me, and you know we're seeing fish, and she's getting followers, and she gets a nice like mid forties to come mm -hmm. up, and we can see the damn thing. I'm like, oh my gosh, Jared is a great job, you know, keep the lure in the water. We're all excited and whatnot. And I look, and I'm getting, you know, circled like I'm in shark infested waters, and it's just. This guy, he's just, just has this insane face on. He's got his wife in the boat, and he's just like, "You can't be musky fishing right now," screaming at me. It, it, he's he's like a a rod's length away at this point. I'm trying to keep my cool. He and he just rips into me, you know. And I basically, you know, what was he, he saying? Wanted, because I I I I think you told me the story, but I don't remember it. He just basically. In an aggressive manner, said you can't be fishing for these muskies. This season doesn't open. Uh, Musky season has opened up on Chautauqua since I was I, candy. I, I, I don't know how long. I don't know the actual mm -hmm. rule, but since I was a little kid, yeah, like fall we of Canada, go up there. It's a, it was the third Saturday in June. Mm -hmm. Last year they changed it to the last Saturday in May. Yeah. So Vance was fishing opening day. 
which was three weeks earlier than it had been for 40 years. I don't know how long, yeah. but it's somewhere in that range, 30, 40 years. So old, old, old timer is going to come up and be proud and, and I, teach I, this young, this now. young, okay, young so. punk uh, a lesson in front of the old lady, and he's going to go home and. So you you put a couple nine millimeters into that hole? No. Okay. I mean, I you know, I'm like, you know, check check the book. I was like, I wouldn't be out here, do, you know, fishing for these things illegally. And I was like, if you're gonna play police, you better know the law, mm-hmm. buddy. And he gets all pissed off and speeds off. Meanwhile, he's he's beelining towards the the middle of the lake where there's about. I don't know, two dozen boats 20. trolling at, <laughs> at five miles an hour. Yeah. And he comes and picks me picks me out, and, and he says it. So I, I, I thought back to that, and I was like, man, should I say something to that guy? I was like, I don't want to be that guy. I just let it go. Yeah. You know, I'm, I, what, what am I going to do? Like, hey, buddy. I mean, I wanted to say, like, you, you know, you look like a, a, an, an idiot right now. You're, you're an ass. What are you doing? Yeah, and you the know, thing is, is that the F. if you were fishing... <laughs> One day before the season, and you made one cast to test a bait that you made in your basement, mm-hmm. you'd get picked up yeah. for fishing out of season. This guy's blatantly trolling too many rods out of season. I mean, there's other fishermen around there, too. Yeah. These, these, the, these guys fishing for Calico, and I was like, look, and I'm like, you see that guy right now? Do you guys notice this? They probably don't know. No, either. Yeah. You know, Because they they're trying to pull bass off the beds right now. Yeah. <laughs> I see this guy pull it, pull his boat out of the water, and it, you know, it's got uh, you know decals all over the musky sponsored ass- musky assassin, the assassin, the assassin. This guy is fishing for a lot, using a lot of poles and killing these, these yeah. fish. He is the assassin. Do you think he gets a teardrop tattoo every time he catches one? Hopefully, I did. I uh, you know I I pulled I pulled into the this this gas station to fill up, and I I saw the saw the guy. Pulling his boat out again. Did yeah. did he have like a stringer of musky heads oh, on, on a it, yellow rope? Giant giant rods all over the place. I mean, you, you know, giant musky poles everywhere coming out of the bed of his truck and whatnot. I mean, look like a porcupine. Of, you know, and uh, and I talked about this a little bit. In defense of the guy, New York is, you know, I, I think it's a little bit crazy, but it is very strange. Open up Tiger muskies come in with northern pike, which comes in the first Saturday. We're talking about this, yeah. And so, yeah, to tiger muskies, I mean, to me, I mean, a muskie's a muskie. A tiger muskie is not a pike, but northern pike comes in, and that's the way it used to be in Pennsylvania. Uh, northern pike came in with the walleyes and the muskies. They all came in at the same time, but but New York has a rule like uh, first Saturday it's up walleye and. It's also northern pike, and it's also tiger muskies. So people can say they're targeting tiger muskies. However, you have to look at the book. You can't just say you're targeting tiger muskies at Chautauqua because they're not really in there. I mean, they're not in there. There's maybe I, I, maybe I, I, I have caught them. There were some accidental stalking. Other people have caught them, uh, but it's not legit. You can't say you're targeting tiger muskies. Right, but you can you can go fishing some of the other lakes and target them. But I mean, I I don't I don't know why they would have tiger muskies with the northern pike. I think that's just crazy. But yeah, yeah. So I saw that. That was that was a gem. That was a gem. Yeah. So you got the musky king and the musky assassin after you. I know. Oh, he was eyeing me up too. 
Did he have a 21 foot <laughs> tiller? No. Okay. He had the assassin boat. I mean, was he, it a black cigar see. boat? I have no idea what it was. There was just it With was night all, vision. All about assassination. It was all over this boat. I'm talking like a pinstripe, and it just said musky assassin, musky assassin, musky assassin, musky assassin, like 50 times on this boat. Seriously, absolutely bonkers, insane, disgusting, <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> I was disgusted, but. So yeah. you, you puked a little in your mouth. Oh, I was, I was, I was just, I was irritated. I'm all, I'm all irritated about the whole thing when I put on the water now. <laughs> 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 I just get pissed off. <laughs> the musky assassin. Yeah. Was there any like crosshairs or anything like that? Or it's just no. Like, it just was like. Please tell me, he did the lettering. With the mailbox letters you get at Lowe's, so it looked like a oh ransom note. It was musky no, assassin. No, 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 no. It was it was like professionally done. Okay. You know, I, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't understand that stuff. Maybe the musky assassin listens, and he can he, he can message us on Facebook. Maybe. Yeah. Fatty we'll musky fun. products. He's out we'll get, get us yeah. on that early season bite. That real early, yeah. early, early real season. Early. Yeah. <laughs> he might have had he might have had us like a, a someone sleeping in the bottom of the boat, and he's like, "I'm just going to be extra safe and just run two rods apiece." There was nobody in there. Nobody. Mm. Oh. Boy, I bet you could catch some fish right now too, because it's looking good. I'm gonna tell you what. What I'm gonna yeah. do is I'm gonna load my two kids in in my boat, and I'm gonna yeah. run nine there rods. Nine. You can do that. Yeah. I always wondered that. You know you. you they don't have to have a fishing license, so you bring a kid on the. No, try to try to talk your way out of a ticket if you have a pug in there and you got three extra out. <laughs> yeah, it don't work. That's a difference. You want to tell me that this pug doesn't matter? You want to say that pug lives matter? My my kid, <laughs> you, I could get everybody after him. He could. You trained to reel that thing in. That pug identifies as a small child. Pug lives matter. Oh, guys, that, that, yeah, that's something people do. Take your kids out. So you can you can get, you get can use them, out. yeah. More lines, right? You know, if I took a yep. kid out, doesn't have a license, doesn't need one until a certain age, I put uh-huh. use it as another man. Load your boat up. What about if I went like out a school bus full of kids and just fifty rods? They could yep. keep. If we were out on Erie, they could keep six walleye. Yep. Man, it's tough to keep a kid out on Erie. Yeah. It's very tough. It's it's even Andy, t- Andy could load up the little boy and the little girl, catch eighteen rods, and go run six rods or nine rods. Yeah. Yep. Incredible. I, I, I can tell you this: Mama won't let the kids go near Lake Erie <laughs> in the boat. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. That's the way yeah. you drive on it. Okay. Popping wheelies. <laughs> I my nephew, my nephew started. He was about seven, and you know we always ran rods for him when we went to Lake Erie and stuff, but. The only thing was, we, he, I made him reel all the fish in. <laughs> he, he was he was keeping up his, uh, he would be getting tired. He's like, oh, Todd, this is fun, but man, I'm really tired. <laughs> yeah. I, I can just see. <laughs> There's another one reeled in. I, I can just see my year and a half year old son laying in the yeah. front, passed out with a bottle. I'm like, he counts, don't he? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. Three more rods, another limit. He catches twice his weight in walleyes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
That season's close, so we got, what, two, three weeks, something like that. We got two and a half weeks, or it's coming. My life's going to change dramatically here in a good way. 20 day, 18 or 20 days, yeah. Can't wait to get out there. It really looked fun up, you know. I can't wait to hear all the stories because I'm not going to be making my own. Andy's going to come out on the opening weekend with us. I might I might come up and just say hi at the dock. 20 minutes. Say, hey, i got to get rolling, guys. <laughs> I'll have like two, I had two, two. I had two hours. I have two hours. I spent one of them driving up. You know, they changed the speed limit, though. Did they? Yeah, so you could do mm-hmm. 70 legally now. So you, at, could, you, could, shave, yeah, you could probably get an extra couple casts. And, did, uh, yeah, did they I, put I the signs up? One on my trip the yeah, they're day. up. I... I I don't know when they changed that. When did they change that? And I was driving home from the podcast the one night. I, you know, I, th- I think maybe like a week or two ago. I yeah. haven't noticed that. And, uh, you know, I just saw 70 and I was like, hmm. Tell me, tell me on 90. Did they bump the speed limit up by Erie? I... Oh, that's 55. I don't know. That, that, I don't know. I don't that's know such that. a trap zone there because it goes from 55 to 65. And Yeah, anyone that ever travels on I-90... Through Pennsylvania, it's 65 until you get within like the area of Erie, and for like what? This is also 15 a giant miles. highway. Yeah, it's right. for like 15 miles. It's 55 miles an hour. Yeah, and they're so you're there. so itching. Yeah, just to get back up to 65. And so. Everyone's going 65. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then it's it's hilly enough to where you crest the hill and you're like, well, either I'm going to get busted or I got a whole mile that I can go fast on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So yeah, did do, is New York changed? I don't think New York changed the seventy on that stretch of eighty six. Yeah, there. they should. Yeah, I think they should just say speed limit eighty, and people will drive at their comfort level. A hundred. Yeah, I did one hundred ninety five on my street bike on a, on a country <laughs> highway. It it doesn't matter. God, that's insane. Yeah, so statues limitations, you know, I'm 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 good. I can talk about that, but um, yeah, <laughs> but you know, everywhere it, it. I think I don't know personally. I think if you feel comfortable at that speed, if traffic travels at that, mm-hmm. holding people back is just dangerous. It because yeah, it's dangerous. Yeah, driving and towing, and you know, you come up on a slow person that's in the left lane and whatnot, or they just swing out. Oh, you know, one car's doing. 45 the next one one behind it's 45 and three quarters yeah so it just swings in the other lane because it has the right to pass and takes them about five minutes to pass them yeah i don't know incredible oh well we got some in so many weeks we're gonna have fishing stories again we all kind of did everything in the off season we just talked about and mancy i can't wait to get out there you know got a new boat I think it works. You know. If not, Toddle Tommy. Or that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, crazy stuff. We but. got we got stuff coming up. We're gonna we're gonna do some footage early season. Me and Todd are gonna go out. We're gonna put together hopefully some some footage of you know what a day is uh, you know what what we what you can experience out there on Chautauqua. Hopefully we hit a good day. And uh, you know we'll we'll put that up on the websites and whatnot, and 
Put on the YouTube channel that I don't keep up. We'll put that on there. It'll be a, a marquee video. For sure. It's going to go viral. Three million clicks in five minutes. Oh, yeah. I don't think so. I don't think so either. <laughs> we'll get some footage. Oh, yeah. Nice. Well, let's end this here. We're just a shade under two hours. Wow. We were hoping to get an hour and 15 out of this. <laughs> two hours again. Two hours. Unbelievable. All right. FattyZMuskie.com. FattyZMuskie products on Facebook and on Instagram. Todd, you want to do yours? You want me to finish wrap it up? I'll go ahead and Muddy Creek Fishing Guide, mcfishandguides.com. And on a little bit, in, a little bit in PA and a lot of Chautauqua, St. Croix rods. And friend request Todd on Todd Young on Facebook. Yeah. Do that. Maybe he'll accept you. Mm hmm. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't get on Facebook much, do you? I look at some of that stuff. I, I, I don't like that. I don't. <laughs> yeah, I just don't like it. Uh, well, a lot of BS. Ugh. Lots of BS. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, all right. Well, guys, if you can fish, good luck. If not, um,. Hang tight. I was going to say, spruce up your gear. We just gave you some, some tips of what we do. So uh, until next time, good luck fishing.